podcast, the Thoughtful Book Club podcast featuring two friends. I'm Travis, joined as always by my co-host Amanda. Hey, Amanda. Hello. Welcome back. How we doing? Great. Excited to talk about some Tom Hanks. Tom, Tom's here. Hey, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Tom Hanks. Tom, you Tom gonna, Hanks, you... aka Hank Fissett, was that yeah. the name of the uh, character in the book? <laughs> That's right. Hey, Tom, are you going to say anything? Are you are you there, Tom? <laughs> uh, if you have no idea why we're riffing about Tom Hanks, that is because you have stumbled upon a book recommendation episode. These are brief, under thirty minute episodes where we try and persuade you to read a book with us for the next two weeks. If you have no clue who we are, that's okay. We are, as I mentioned, the Lightly Literary Podcast. We're a book club podcast that picks a book and then every two weeks picks a new one and analyzes it, does a couple episodes talking about it. We host some book clubs about it. And yeah, get into some literature. Um, this episode, as I mentioned, is about Tom Hanks's short story collection. I don't think I said the title, though. It is called Uncommon Type, Some Stories, and it is, again, by the famed actor Tom Hanks. <laughs> this was your pick, Amanda. Do you want to... Well, wait, hold on. Don't tell me about your pick before I tell the plugs. Duh, what am I doing? <laughs> um, we are on social media. Let me plug this first, and then we'll, you know, we'll get to the book stuff. Uh, we're on social media at Instagram, and and Facebook at the Lightly Literary Podcast, which is all one word, so you can find us pretty easily by typing that in and give us a follow. We post updates about our reading schedule. We put reminders of the episodes when they post, and just basic promotional stuff. You can follow what we're reading and figure out what we're reading next, though we'll mention it in the episode too. This, again, is a book recommendation, so it's good for first-timers. If you've never listened to our podcast before, my apologies for the social media plug, though, you know, it, that's the hustle, so we appreciate it. But yeah, this is a recommendation, so we're just going to persuade you. We're not going to spoil much, if anything, really. We're just going to try and convince you to read this book with us for the next couple weeks, however you get your hand on books, whether it's indie bookstores or big books sellers or even just the library if you want to read something and join us for the next couple weeks that's what we'll be doing um amanda please sorry for cutting you off why did you pick this cursed tome (laughs) (laughs) um i was like looking through the bookstore and i was just like wait a minute is that by the tom hanks and i look on the back and of course there's a picture of tom hanks and i was like that's interesting he's a great actor and I I knew that he had written at least one screenplay, and I was like, okay, I'll try it out. It's short stories. It can't be that terrible. So um, I picked it up because I was just curious to see how being an actor and screenwriter would translate into a short story writer. Yeah, yeah, it is a curiosity we've indulged in the past because I picked the Trevor Noah book. Oh, I forgot the name of it. <laughs> the Trevor oh, Noah book. It's yeah. Born a Crime. Born a Crime. I was going to say Born. It, I was wow, going to say Born memory. an Immigrant, and then I was like, "That's a terrible title. What is that?" <laughs> born a yeah. It's Born a Crime. Um, so we we've dabbled before in the realm of famous people who write books for whatever reason, whether to do a memoir or a creative exercise. Let's dive right in here. We're going to start our book recommendation for this Tom Hanks collection with rapid fire recommendations. This is when Amanda and I do one sentence. Recommendation, recommendations rather back and forth to each other just to kind of give you a blanket sense of the kind of thematic and idea stuff that's going on here amanda do you want to start it off yeah uh you should read this book if you like sketch writing i don't and know what that is on sketch what is that <laughs> uh so you know what a, you, you, i mean you know what a sketch is which is just like it's the it's not filled in completely it's the fast okay. m- big strokes of stuff so that's the same thing with the writing it's just like 
Gotcha. The outlines of these ideas rather than filling it in with the details. Yeah, these, I will say this then, these do feel incomplete. So if that description <laughs> sounded intriguing, then yes, <laughs> I do agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I just had never heard that. I know what like micro, you ever done micro fiction? Or f- uh, not no. micro, flash, flash fiction? I bought yes, a book yes, of, yes, yeah. yeah, okay, that, it's not micro, I had the wrong term. I, I, at first I thought it was maybe like that, because flash fiction is supposed to be like under 500 words, or like under 200, mm-hmm. or something like that. So, yeah. this is not that at all. These are traditional length, one of them, the screenplay here is like at least 40 pages, I think. Yeah. 30, 40, so... Anyway, I think you should read this book if you think American society peaked in the 1950s. Definitely. And if you enjoy the language from that time as well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, You should read this book if you like typewriters. (laughs) I think you have to because they're in every story. It's his motif. I also will just add and say, like, I I don't think Tom Hanks gives a shit about typewriters, really. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or if he does, his thoughts are... He has not explored them incredibly deeply, uh, but it's cool. I know he collects. He has 150. I read that in an interview, so he's he's legit. I am not, but it's just like I – well, anyway, we don't want to spoil. We'll see if people think they come up in meaningful and interesting ways. I think mm-hmm. you should read this book if you have earnestly used the expression, aw shucks, before. That is such a great uh, depiction of the language of a lot of its characters, and – that does actually show up in the reading. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you should read this book if you like for an author to play with format and structure. Yeah, I'll get sincere and say, yes, he really does. There's a newspaper column that recurs. There's a screenplay. Some sci-fi shows up. Some recurring characters kind of across across different time periods or something. Yeah, no, it's definitely playful. So and I think in a short story collection, that is to be commended, just to be clear. I think yeah. you should read this book. If you just love Tom goddamn Hanks, you just want to support old Tom. <laughs> yep. And, and and if you like for him to write his own characters, you know, like it's, it's him in a lot of them. <laughs> so <laughs> if you just yeah. really love it... <laughs> um, You should read this book if you don't mind some cliches. You cannot read this book if you don't. I'm going to amend you. I don't think you should. I think you (laughs) cannot read this book if you don't mind some cliches. Uh, I'll add on to that and say you should read this book if you're okay with or even enjoy sentimentality in stories. Oh, yes. Dripping with sentimentality in some cases. Um, You should read this book if you'd like to see some possible roles that Tom Hanks has written for himself. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we tag teamed on that one because I I have nothing else to say. It's it's just true. (laughs) It's just true. Uh, You should read this book, my final one. You should read this book if you just love using an easy, frictionless read to end your day. Maybe you you reserve that final 30 minutes in bed where you're just like, I'm just going to kind of ease into something to read and then fall asleep. I think you should read this book then. That's actually a perfect setting for this book. So, yeah. Perfect. That makes yeah. total sense. Let sleep overtake you as it inevitably will. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Probably the meanest thing I've said on this podcast so far. But it's still early. We're not even in our 30th book. Um, anyway, let's move on to a new segment, Amanda, the pop culture touchstone. This is kind of a newish segment still for us, but we're trying to find something commonly known, something in pop culture. It could be anything, music, TV, games, but obviously other books, um, things from history, whatever. It could be history, I guess, touchstone. Something it reminds you of. I'll, I'll start because I've already spoiled mine from some references I've made. I have never once watched the TV show Leave it to Beaver, 
but I have seen clips and I know it's like I've osmosed. Is that a verb? <laughs> I've osmosed it. Like I know enough of its references and its shtick and its um, kind of yeah. flow that like I just assume this is what it, that watching that show feels like. It has such an aw shucks 1950s sensibility to it. Like even the stories that don't take place in that time feel like it from that time so yeah. it is kind of fitting in a sense that the uniting met motif of this whole thing is typewriters because that just feels like philosophically mentally morally developmentally like it feels like that's where tom hanks is i, I guess like it just that's just kind of the vibe of the whole book and so i, I i'm using leave it to beaver as my touchstone I, again i can't say a word about that tv show because i've never watched a full episode but it has those strong black and white here's a waspy family living life energy even if like the stories aren't about those kinds of people all the time it just Mm -hmm. they still feel that way and behave and act and speak that way (laughs) yeah definitely even the ones that are set in the future yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that's perfect (laughs) um Mine is uh, Zumbinis. Have you ever played Zumbinis? I have no clue what this is. No, hit me with it. I'm Googling it right now. <laughs> it, looks so a, it looks like a mobile like, game. It's a, Well, um, you can play it on Steam now. Um, okay, it's legit. But when I was younger, when I was a kid, it's a kid's game. Um, it was only available on CD-ROM because I'm ancient. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a logic-based game, so there's a lot of puzzles, and it involves, like, math and stuff like that. Cool. It's fun for... I I replayed it as an adult because I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this game. And it's like... But it's, like, the kind of game where you can completely zone out, like, if you're doing a Sudoku or if you're doing... Gotcha, gotcha. um, Something like that where you can just completely zone out because... It doesn't occupy. It doesn't preoccupy your entire mind. Like there's, it's just one section yep. that you're just trying to like work through, and then the rest of your mind is like doing other things. Um, yeah. So that's exactly what I I felt like this this collection was. Uh, it engaged a part of my mind, as in like I was using, you know, my eyes and and transferring the information to my brain, but it did not completely engage my entire consciousness as I was reading it for various reasons. I have an insider baseball term if you'd like one. I often refer to these games as podcast games because I, when I play, I like having games like these in my life, frankly, where I can put on a podcast and then play the game, but the game's audio is like, it's almost muted, you know? But it's like, that's what Uh, I'm doing. I am playing a game. Uh, FIFA, the soccer game, was this for me for many years where it was just kind of like, you know, I'll unwind my day. I'll play two games of FIFA, but the audio is basically muted and I'm just listening to a podcast instead. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yeah, it's got big, big energy in that sense. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's a great touchdown. Good call. Oh, thanks. And and maybe one day you can play Zumbinis as well. I, I might have to try now. I just looked it up. It, <laughs> it looks kind of, it had a look immediately like Candy Crush, but it's not though. It has a different, I can tell it's, it's different. It's definitely not. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's very heavily logic-based and, and math-based. Gotcha. gotcha. I mean, hey, let's not undersell Candy Crush. Very logic-based, all right? Those are, you got to match three, all that. All right, um, let's move to our scripted pitches. This is the kind of middle segment where we each have prepared a piece of writing in advance, and so we're going to try and persuade you to read, again, this book with us for the next couple weeks by delivering something pre-prepared and pre-scripted. Do you want to go first? I feel like I always do. You can go first this sure. week. 
Yeah. <clears throat> Tom Hanks is one of America's sweethearts and rightfully well-regarded for his acting chops. So I thought I'd give his writing chops a try. His collection of stories are certainly experimental and entertaining enough, but Hanks's collection is no mind or life-altering read. The stories read almost like outlines or rough drafts. You know, the rough draft you do to get the big ideas out before you fill in with the characterization, the symbolism, just the beauty and meaning behind the story. That's not to say the stories are all completely devoid of any stylistic flair. There are moments when Hanks poignantly reveals a character's emotional state and a few examples of humor and even some interesting metaphors. His endings are usually interesting and don't fall into the trap of needing to tie everything in a nice little bow. Did I mention there are some cliches sprinkled throughout his writing? Um, he tries a variety of structures and narrative voices in this collection, though not always successfully. It's a passable first try at non-screenwriting writing. There is a play in this collection, though. This is a good read for someone interested in just getting through a story without wanting to analyze anything and curious about Hanks's worldview. Uh, it's the ending for me, man. You're right. Because I, I hate inserting authors into stories like... I, I just am not a reader and my my critical mind does not think like let's do autobiography while we do fiction analysis or art mm -hmm. analysis but I you know obviously a person who makes art is deeply tied to their art so I, right. I just I have a conflicted feeling about this I also the, the, the created object will exist forever and the person not only do they lie and can be flighty like we never can know them fully so it's that's the other part of it to me that's like I'd rather try and assess the object on its own merits rather than because it's oh it's never going to change <laughs> it's like the right. thing is the thing they made it the thing anyway that's a really bad brief view of philosophy of art there aesthetics but that's all just to say I just can't get over the Hanksianness of this like I just because he's such a public person and because these stories have such clear things in common that they want to do <laughs> you just yeah. can't help but finish it and be like I think I know who Hanks is now like right. I, I do think I understand him a little bit better which I almost hate to say but you do you can infer a lot of things based on that and based on his public appearances and stuff yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hank's diehards. I and you think overall, like the structure was daring because I, I do agree he takes some chances. So I respect it. He does. Yeah, and and I appreciate that. I, I think that was uh, one of the most interesting things about his writing. <laughs> uh, and the endings too, by the way, something we didn't compliment on the pod. We we went on other tangents, but he does leave some stories in interesting places. I at least a few that I can think of right now that I again we're not here to spoil things but there's at least a couple I can think of where yeah I, I, I tip my cab on my head whatever that it's it could have gone a much more sentimental way which you know he likes doing that sometimes but yeah uh, some strong endings too or interesting endings so yeah yeah definitely the the endings are the other aspect that um, I found interesting in for writing. sure for sure all right let me do my scripted pitch here Tom Hanks he has delivered many, many iconic performances on the screen. There's no question. He's even cultivated a personality that may or may not befit his actual life. He just seems like America's affable, honest, and probably most critically, 
like good man, just a good man. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. He's straightforward, hardworking. He's wholesome. He's just the American who's always going to do what's right, even if it's hard, even if it's unpopular. So he's got this kind of aura going for him. And he's rarely cast against that type for a reason. Uh, shout outs, by the way, to You've Got Mail, a movie I really loved as a teenager. Maybe that ha- they, maybe that informs a lot of my life. Who knows? Because he kind of goes, <laughs> do you ever see that movie? This is an aside. I have not. <laughs> oh, okay. He kind of plays against type. He's like a bar. He's like, it's as if he owns Barnes and Noble and he spends the whole movie like bullying a small bookseller kind of well you should see it and he kind of plays against type is all I'm saying Um, but then again by the end of the movie by the way he doesn't he also is like a wholesome clear-eyed just good dude at the end so it's just yeah anyway he is who he is we all know who Tom Hanks so for better and for worse here's what I have to say I have to imagine that this career-long typecasting for him has infected his short stories in uncommon type again for better or worse they're uninventive stories, frankly, filled with stock characters, and often they seem to feel like some of his most bland stuff. I think his prose has moments that dare upon, maybe even touch originality, sure, uh, but it's likely that you're going to encounter a cliche or a really limp description on the very next page or even the same page, so it kind of nets out. Thus, the collection as a whole is readable, but let's use a cliche here. I'm going to do what you did. It's a roller coaster affair. Like the highs, <laughs> there are some fleeting moments of charm and humor, sure, but the lows are like really bland plots and like impossibly dull characters that just have nothing kind of going on. Uh, who's this book for then? Uh, frankly, fang- fans of Tom Hanks, I think, if you want to support him. Or, or perhaps, I think this is the other pitch I'd make. This could be a solid read for folks who don't open books for the author's writing or style, but rather for like ideas. You just want to know what he's interested in. So here's how I'd summarize a few of Hanks's ideas. Uh, friendship should be filled with sarcasm and quips. Romance doesn't last, but hey, that's okay. Uh, technological progress isn't always a good thing. Uh, there's a few of them. Do you agree with those? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, if those ideas or concepts intrigue you, then sure, I'd say, like, maybe give a short uh, story collection a shot. But just to be honest, I and I won't name them in the review just to be kind of respectful of what we're doing here, but there are just so many more far accomplished, uh, inventive and challenging short story writers out there that, like, do this almost exclusively just this. So uh, my advice, frankly, is to keep Hanks on the screen and keep that brilliance how it is because he's an icon for a reason. Uh, but mm-hmm. if you're curious, and if it really, if your curiosity is going to get the better of you, and if you can't be satiated otherwise, then go ahead and open this collection up. See what's in there. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> the themes are pretty spot on uh, that you you pointed out. So yeah, just a few, but it's like yeah, <sighs> yeah, and even coming out of it, I felt like those were such clear, obvious readings because I don't know if the book offers muddied or muddier readings. I don't know. Not that we could pick up on anyway. If, yeah. if we failed you, Tom Hanks, in in misjudging your oh, writing, please. sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd love to. I mean, I'd love to have that chat. That'd be fascinating. I, <laughs> I also am certain he's very curious about immigration and is intrigued by it. But I don't. I didn't come away from the book with many takeaways about that experience. It feels like yeah. kind of background setting for a lot of his stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. 
Okay, let's move on to our final segment then, listeners. If we haven't persuaded you by now, that's because I am bad at this and have done a bad job (laughs) (laughs) and am actively dissuading. Anyway, uh, we're going to end with our quote for clarification. It's always our final review segment or recommendation segment because we want to give you an actual taste of the pros. Amanda, I'm I'm pulling rank here, even though we're co-hosts. I insist that I do mine second because I feel like it has to be the final word. So You got it. You take your quote for clarification away. Go ahead. (laughs) All right. So this is from the story Who's Who, which is um, a story from the first half, actually. Um, It's the last story in the first half that we cover. Um, And this is leading up to the main character's meltdown. Uh, The exact moment... Sue discovered that the main library was closed on Mondays. A flash of lightning bleached the scraped sky of mid-Manhattan. She stood at the side entrance to the landmark building, its door closed, unable to comprehend the meaning of those three simple words, closed on Mondays. Just as a roll of thunder outblared the honking horns of traffic, she lost the battle against tears, the collective disappointment simply too much. New York City roommates were not friendly soul sisters. Central Park was a place of naked trees, unusable benches, and spent rubbers. Windows had security gates that locked rapists out and victims in. No cute sailors were waiting to meet a girl and get a kiss. No. In New York City, real estate parlors took your money and lied to you. Drug addicts relieved themselves in plain sight. And the public library was closed on Mondays. And then she loses it and starts sobbing. Um, mm-hmm. So we see that uh, he's setting up the lead up to the emotion here. And um, even though the setting is a bit, the way that he details the setting itself is, is uh, a bit sparse in some ways. Yeah. Um, the, the list, he does a lot of listing. Uh, the list that he includes within that paragraph of the things that are bothering her, I thought was, uh, pretty indicative of his writing as well, and then the um, and and so it's like the list and the setting itself usually informs when a, a person, one of the characters, is going to have an emotional reaction, rather than yeah, the characterization doing going into the emotion. Well, I think we both love a good list, right? We mm-hmm. we both admire kind of when it's well done or when it's. I'm not sure how to phrase it, but when when we we respect it, I guess. But it it does feel in these short stories that it's it is a hamstringing effect because it's he's too reliant on it. The there's a short story that takes place partially at the World's Fair in New York, and it just never feels atmospheric there. It just feels like you're being read a Wikipedia summary of all the stuff that was. It's like here's a here's the 20 things that were there. Here's this name, and and it's it you don't have time to dwell. It doesn't seem like he has any interest in establishing. The feeling of being there, some of the details, some of the, again, setting up an atmosphere. It's more just like, eh, this is where we are. Here's the stuff. Here's what you got to know. It's, yeah, I don't know. It does feel rushed in a way, too. It does feel rushed. And and there are some glimpses of, like, interesting things, right? So I like the, the windows had security gates that locked rapists out and victims in. Like, that's an interesting observation, right? Like, the idea of, like, jail for the victim rather than for uh, the the rapist. So I thought that was interesting and that could be something, but, but I, that's what I want more of is, is that kind of interesting idea yeah. Yeah. being written. Yeah. No, totally. I'm going to do a first for, for the podcast, Amanda, for me, I'm going to read my quote. I'm going to say zero, I'm zero commentary. I'm just going to read this quote 
I will conclude it by saying if you think this quote is interesting, funny, or good, then you should probably pick up this collection, and I'm going to say nothing. If you would like to, please. I just think in the, we just recorded our book club analysis, I said enough and too much, perhaps. Like, And I know that the person listening to this, you, dear listener, might not listen to that, but I just... I think the paragraph speaks for itself. I don't know how else to phrase it. This is from a short story about a man, Steve Wong, who is bowling many perfect games of bowling in a row. He's becoming a media sensation. He's getting attention. And his friends are there with him bowling, and, and they're, he's sort of getting noticed for this. And they're there to support him. So this is about his bowling games on 389 from Steve Wong is Perfect is the name of the story. He opened the 10th. Steve opened the 10th with a strike. The crowd crowed, and Anna screamed out, Anna, baby. A hush fell, Steve strolled and swiped, and all ten pins fell again, his eleventh strike of the game, and with one more needed for the perfect for perfection redux. Sorry. It would be a bad joke to say you could hear a pin drop, but you could. Dead silence met Steve's final roll. When perfect game, perfect game, perfect game honked on the computer scoreboard, you'd have thought it was New Year's Eve on the same night that Brooklyn Bridge opened, Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, and Saddam Hussein was dragged from his spider hole. Wong mania was in full force, and we didn't get out of the place until exactly 3 in the morning. 3-0-0. Get it? That's it, listener. I hope you get it. Any thoughts on that, Amanda? You want to jump in with anything? No, I think it speaks for itself as well. So Yeah, the voice is there, <laughs> folks, and I, for the first time in this podcast history, have no analysis I want to offer. I have no follow-ups to say. I, actually, I have plenty, but they've already been recorded. I guess I just want to say that if you, again, if that writing connects with you, I think that's fine, and this collection, I think, will service you. If you thought perhaps that was a truly uninspired, cliche-ridden piece of garbage then you know th- that's another way to think of it and that you should <laughs> perhaps follow the advice uh, i've been doling out for 20 minutes uh see i just couldn't help myself amanda i'm broken i just couldn't resist anyway um any final thoughts on something we've probably treated maybe a little unkindly but what can i say our reactions are what they are yeah. our analyses are chiseled in stone amanda any thoughts on uncommon type by tom hanks the stories are not terrible, guys. It's but not. not great. It's not at all. I don't. Yeah, I don't. It's it's frictionless in a sense too. Honestly, I don't know if I threw that adjective in there. I will also say this, and this is um this is where I go full plug in for the pod, just desperate for the listenership, etc. As you know, we are here. It's it's listenership for we're it's numbers based podcasting here. No, mm-hmm. I will say this. I really think that our some of our most fun and interesting discussions are when we don't like something. So it's true. I agree. Uh, if you're in it for listening in the book talk and like chatting with people. I mean, this is maybe this is human nature is that we get cattier and weirder and a little more assertive when things are bad or we don't like it or whatever. But anyway, I think we always do good work. I'm always proud of us, Amanda, proud of your analysis, proud of the work you're doing. But yeah, I do think (laughs) it's almost fun to come along for the ride, even if the reading is not transcendent or good (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but who knows the podcast will be up in the feed soon folks as always we post our book club analyses on Friday so if you're interested in this or if you just want to listen in and maybe read or not whatever we'll be posting those on Fridays Uh, we do have other books coming up if we fail to persuade you today then yeah, I mean, that was almost my intention, so way to go, me. <laughs> no, no, we, yeah, we, we think there's sincere merit to engaging. Anyway, Amanda, do you want to tell them what we've got coming up, if this did yep. not interest them? 
Uh, next up is Jazz by Toni Morrison. Then we've got World of Wonders in Praise of Fireflies, Well Sharks, and Other Astonishments by Amy Nezuku Matatil. And finally, we have Slouching Toward Bethlehem by Joan Didion. Yes, very exciting stuff. A um, couple nonfictions in a row. The World of Wonders and Slouching Towards Bethlehem are both nonfiction-ish. Kind of. Yeah, <laughs> the World of Wonders is yeah. yeah, the World of Wonders is hard to categorize, but I'm thrilled for it. And my God, Amanda, we've done it again. We chose a literary palate cleanser after a dead. <laughs> we have done remarkably well at this. This is maybe our crowning achievement of this whole endeavor, is that after Trevor <laughs> Noah, we picked, was it uh, Walker? Alice Walker? I wanted to say, yeah, it's Alice yeah, Walker. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. After, after Hanks, Toni Morrison. So, yep. woo. <laughs> thrilled. We got it. I'm thrilled about it. Anyway, um, for the first episode, if you're going to be reading along with us, by the way, we cover the first half of his book of stories. So that is through the, it begins with three exhausting weeks. And then the uh, we're going to end with Who's Who. So if you're going to read along again, we're going to cover three exhausting weeks uh, through Who's Who on episode one. So we hope you listen in. Uh, we have been the Lightly Literary Podcast. As I mentioned, we're on Facebook and Instagram at that as uh, one word. So at the Lightly Literary Podcast all together. Uh, if you can leave us a review or recommendation on iTunes, Spotify, Google, wherever you found this, we sincerely appreciate it. It helps a lot. Tell your friends and family. And as always, folks... We'll see you between the pages.